This is On and Off Your Mat Podcast, episode 201, Overthinking and How Can I Stop? If stress makes you dwell on stuff, you know, replay conversations, scenarios, or just gets you stuck in a loop of what ifs to the point where sometimes your own thoughts can hurt your own feelings, today's episode is for you. This episode will help you understand why you overthink and how it impacts your daily life so you can decrease your stress, improve your mental health, enhance your decision making and your productivity, even maybe save your relationship. In this episode, we'll cover what is overthinking and how it relates to HSP versus others, what happens in your mind, body, and nervous system when you overthink, what are the triggers for overthinking, and how we can work with them, the positive, yeah, there's some positive and negative impact that overthinking can have on you, your relationships, and your life, and how to resolve it or not let it impact you negatively as much. If this episode helps you in any way, share it and help someone else on their journey. You can do that by leaving a review on iTunes for them to find the episode or the podcast in general. It truly, truly helps. And you can also share your takeaways on social media. Both will give you chances to enter our celebration giveaway for our 200th episode celebration. So make sure to leave your reviews before the end of November. I really love to read your takeaways and I want to make sure I can reach out to you when you win. So either tag me on Instagram when you post your comment or your takeaway at On and Off Your Mat podcast. And if you leave a review on iTunes, which gives you 10 times the amount of entries in our giveaway, then make sure to take a screenshot and email it to me at erica.belanger at gmail.com so I have your email to reach back to you. All right, if you're ready to improve your self-awareness and address potential sources of your anxiety, overwhelm, and even people-pleasing, let's get to today's episode. It's going to be a good one. Hey guys, welcome back. So what is overthinking anyway? Overthinking is like having this never-ending mental merry-go-round where you can't get off. It's when you dwell on stuff like we talked about in the intro. Maybe you replay conversations, scenarios, you make up stories, or you just get stuck in this loop of what-ifs. Think of it as thinking but on steroids, like too much of a good thing turning not so good. You might wonder how it's different than regular thinking, especially if you're an overthinker, because you're so accustomed to this thinking pattern. Regular thinking is like driving a car. You go forward, sometimes you have to go reverse, but mostly you go forward and you eventually reach your destination. Overthinking, it's like you're spinning your wheels in mud and sand on ice, however you want to see it. You're going nowhere. You're stuck in the same spot. Or you know when you hear a song, if you're not a car person and that song gets stuck in your head, that's like overthinking. The same line or two just replays with the melody. Well, it's like the same thought or the same story or the same worries just spin around for a little too long. It can also feel like you're thinking a regular thought, but then you blow it out of proportion. You can think of it as like catastrophizing. That would be an example. Now, if you're highly sensitive, you're more prone to overthinking than average people. This is something I talk about in the Sensitivity Reset, my three-month coaching program to get out of overwhelming anxiety for a happier life, because it could be at the source of some of your anxiety and your overwhelm. 
Think of it like this. We tend to process things super deeply when we're highly sensitive, right? And we feel emotions extra intensely as well. So when life throws us a curveball, we will analyze it from every angle. We will play scenarios in our head and sometimes stress about the outcome that might actually never happen. <laughs> this overthinking then takes the tolls. It piles up on the stress we're already experiencing, the anxiety we already have, and it makes it even tougher for us to cruise through life smoothly. For highly sensitive folks, our superpower of feeling things deeply can sometimes, in this case, turn into a double-edged sword. See, our tendency to pick up on everything around us, the feelings, the vibes, the little details, it can sometimes put us in an overthinking frenzy, especially when it comes to criticism, to stress, to feedback, or even minor stuff can hit us quite hard like sparking this marathon of overthinking. Now, guess what? Not only overthinking is more common in highly sensitive people, but it relates to your nervous system. Are you surprised? I bet you're not if you've been here for a while. So even if you're not highly sensitive, but you live in a chronic state of stress, you're going to experience overthinking more often than average people. So if you're in that state of stress or you're yo-yoing between your stress and your freeze state, your collapsed energy state, it's going to be kind of the same. The overthinking is not going to be as prevalent in the collapsed state because you're there to conserve your energy, but overthinking might be what kind of pushes you overboard. Do you remember the states of your nervous system? If you don't, I invite you to go back to episode 121, Nervous System 101. Just a quick recap. We have ventral vagal, where you're supposed to live optimally most of the time and feel joyful, connected, and safe. Then you have the branch of sympathetic, which is your fight or flight, where you're already ready to defend yourself or run away from danger. And you have the other branch, which is dorsal vagal, where you freeze, you play dead, and you wait for the danger to go away. So when you live in the state of stress, aka fight or flight, or you yo-yo between fight or flight and freeze, you are constantly on the lookout for danger because that's how you protect yourself. So naturally, you don't feel safe. So the key is that maybe you're highly sensitive and that's why you overthink. Maybe you're stuck in chronic stress and you're yo-yoing. That's why you overthink. Maybe you don't feel safe and that's why you overthink. When we're living in a state of stress or we're feeling unsafe, our brains is like a superhero trying to protect us, but sometimes it goes a little bit overboard. <laughs> so when stressed, or when you have this sense of unsafety and those things become a norm, it's like our brain hits the panic button too often or more easily. And then it becomes like this overprotective parent, thinking that every situation is a potential threat. And living in this kind of environment amps up your internal alarm system, which is already sensitive if you're highly sensitive, 
And your brain gets into this override mode where your brain is analyzing every little detail, past event and future mishap that could potentially maybe or maybe not happen. It's like your mind's a detective trying to solve a crime that doesn't exist yet. So this constant mental gymnastic ends up in overthinking. This never-ending loop of what-if scenarios that often make things seem scarier than they actually are or will be when they actually happen, if they do happen. So the less safe you feel, the more you will overthink. But it doesn't stop there, see? The more you overthink, the less safe you'll feel. So it's this vicious cycle. And that's why it's so hard to get out of overthinking when it's a habitual thinking pattern for you, because it feeds what feeds it. (laughs) When you flip the coin, the constant analysis and prediction of the worst case scenarios creates a landscape of fear and doubt, right? It's like living in the haunted house where every creak and whisper triggers a sense of doom. And then this constant state of hyper-awareness makes us feel particularly on edge, uncertain, unsafe, even if technically the house is not really hunted. Technically, we're in quite a harmless situation. And that's the twist of the story. The very thing that we do to keep us safe, to make us feel certain, actually And in the end, makes us feel more stressed, more scared, more worried, and so less safe, less certain. So quite the opposite. So it's helping in the very short term, but then it's actually hurting us. And because our brain can tell the difference between a real threat and something that we're just making up in our head, it makes us even more sensitive because it keeps you in this constant state of fear then your alarm rings more often and more easily. And it just adds on onto the layers of sensitivity you have already. And you might feel more sensitive than normal for you or like overly sensitive. Now, you know, I like to nerd out on these things and go in depth. And yes, this is a characteristic of being highly sensitive. So let's dive into the brainy stuff, quite literally. When we're overthinking, our brain is like a bustling city of nonstop traffic, right? There's a part of your brain called your prefrontal cortex. This is the master planner, the CEO, the decision-making, the problem-solving part of your brain. When we overthink, this region works over time. It's like rush hour traffic jam in there. It's trying to analyze every angle of every situation. It's over-processing details. It's sending tons of information for help to your emotional center of the brain, which is your amygdala. You can think of your amygdala like the emotional firefighter of your brain. It's always on the lookout for danger, and it's responsible for your gut reactions, your emotions, and most importantly in this case today, your internal alarm system. So when the prefrontal cortex is like, hey, check all of this data, the amygdala waves the emotional red flag and be like, hmm, hold up, this smells like trouble. 
This back and forth creates a loop. The prefrontal cortex sends more and more and more data, while the amygdala sends more and more and more red flags, keeps sounding the alarm, and triggering the fight or flight response. This partnership is supposed to keep you safe, but when overthinking happens, it's like it glitches the system and gets you stuck in this loop. And the constant chatter between those two brain buddies triggers your stress hormones. So they send and they ask for help to your adrenals, and then your cortisol enters your system. Now, cortisol is not a bad guy. It actually helps us deal with stress. But when it's always present, whether it's due to overthinking or something else, it's like having a noisy guest in your house that never leaves. It can mess up your mood, mess up your sleep, and your overall health and well-being. Creating this feedback loops that reinforces the habit of overthinking. It feeds it. Remember, because the more stressed you are, the more you're going to overthink. And so if you want to know more about cortisol and its effects, you can go back to episode 117, Understanding Your Stress. We talk about it in length there, but I have so much I want to tell you about overthinking that we're going to keep going. Now, on top of all of what I've mentioned already, your brain is like a muscle, right? And the patterns that we repeat continue to strengthen. So the more you overthink, the stronger your overthinking muscle becomes, I know it's not literally a muscle, right? It's for the image, but making it easier to slip into the cycle of overthinking again and again and again. So the more you do it, the easier it is to do. That's another reason why it's so hard to stop this thinking pattern. It's like you signed up for marathons without really knowing about it. Now, because of the cortisol, our muscles also in the body are going to tense up as a part of the body's preparation for action to respond to the perceived stress and threat. So when we're in a constant state of overthinking, it's like having our body or standby ready to sprint at any moment's notice or ready to fight at any moment's notice. So overthinking is not just a mental game. It's actually a full body experience. And this ongoing stress can really have a toll on your overall health and well-being. It's like your body is in dress rehearsal for performances that never actually happen. Now, the first step in doing something about your overthinking is recognizing that you are in fact overthinking in that moment. And that only can happen if you challenge your thoughts and you challenge your thinking patterns, especially the ones you hear on repeat. Now, you might be asking yourself, okay, this happens, but where does it come from? And it's a good question because Of course, you didn't wake up yesterday and realize you were thinking, you were overthinking every aspect of your life, right? It started a long time ago. Chances are when you were a kid or a bit older in life when you faced a long-term-ish stressful situation. You can think of a partnership, a job, right? Something where a situation or someone in your life had you navigate the world as a place that felt uncertain or unsafe. 
So to survive in that situation, you became a detective 24-7, constantly scanning the people in the environment for subtle cues, trying to predict what would come next so you feel prepared, so you feel safe, and so you feel certain. So you learned hypervigilance, and you learn to make your system more sensitive to warning cues to make sure you didn't get caught up by surprise. That can happen for many different reasons. Maybe it felt like the ground was constantly shifting beneath your feet. You picked up on the tiniest shift in someone's mood, maybe because things change frequently for you and you needed to be ready to react. It could have also been situations that made you feel like you had no control over what was happening. In the midst of uncertainty, overthinking might have become like a safety net. It was a way for you to try to regain control, predict the unpredictable, and find certainty in an otherwise uncertain world. It's like overthinking was your brain's way to trying to keep you safe, even if it meant creating a never-ending loop of thoughts. That need for certainty for a clear path ahead could have led you to overthinking becoming a habit. You started using it as a tool to navigate the unpredictability to feel secure in a world that felt anything but secure. So fast forward to today and this habit stuck around. It's become your go-to strategy, your trusted companion when things seem shaky or uncertain. Overthinkings like that extra layer of protection you develop way back when, but now it's woven into your everyday, making it a bit more challenging again to let go of. I'm saying this because I want you to realize that the triggers, although seem to be in the present, are actually whispers from the past. There's these subtle signs that your brain seems that bring back memories or feeling or times where you were made to feel unsafe. And even if the situation today seem okay on the surface, if it reminds you of something in the past, it could be even like a familiar scent, a tone of voice, a certain place, and suddenly you're transported back into a memory. But here's the kicker. These triggers make you feel like you're back in the moment of your past. You're back in a moment where you felt uncertain and unsafe. You're back in a moment of fear, of worry, of stress, of that particular time and space. This place memory kicks in and suddenly you're not in the present. You're in the past and you're feeling the same emotions you felt back then. And all of a sudden you only have access to the coping mechanism you had back then. So if it goes back to childhood, you're going to find that your coping mechanism are very immature in a sense, right? Like you go to things that are more childish as a way to help yourself and protect yourself. Now, this can send you in overthinking mode, in analyzing, predicting, preparing for scenarios that might not actually happen like we talked about. But it's your brain way of saying, hey, something like this has happened before, so let's be ready for it this time around. In the present, here are certain signs and cues that might indicate that you're getting caught up in overthinking. So, right, if we remember that the first thing we need to do to get out of overthinking is get clear on when it's happening, this is where we start. First, 
are you in analysis mode? Are you replaying scenarios, conversation, events? Are you dwelling on something that happened? Or are you thinking about something that might happen in the future? Are you playing an endless movie in your head, replaying tapes on loop, and always like rewinding to rewatch the scary parts? <laughs> That's a cue. Another clue would be our quest of perfection. When we set the bar impossibly high and we dig into the nitty gritty details of every move we're going to make, this quest for flawlessness becomes sometimes our pal, but also our enemy, right? Because it will make us stay into predicting the future to act perfectly so we are safe. So your overthinking can also be linked to your perfectionism if that's something that you tend to use as a coping mechanism. Now, here's a big one. It's like being a professional worrier without the official title, right? If you catch yourself worrying a little bit more than normal about various aspects of life, even in a situation where the concern might not really be needed, that's a sign of overthinking. What else? Decision-making. That's a tough nut to crack when you're overthinking, right? So feeling paralyzed or unable to make a decision because of the overabundance of analysis you've done or the fear of making the wrong choice or not being perfect in the situation, that's also a sign of overthinking. And guess what? Your body's in on that secret too. If your body starts to act up, tense muscle, sleep issues, Maybe a little sprinkle of digestive problems. Those are all symptoms of being in overthinking as well. Now, there's a tendency to second guess every decision. That could also be it. If you're seeking validation from others, if you're asking yourself and others, am I doing this right? What would you do if you were in my shoes? If you're constantly doubting your choices, your actions, seeking reassurance or validation, that's also a sign. Another one we mentioned quite earlier was catastrophizing, right? So if you make a whole story about one little thing that happened, you know, sometimes even the smallest hiccups feels like potential disasters. If that's what's happening in your mind, check your in overthinking. Finally, if you can't let go of something, if you're holding on to a thought, a grudge, something you didn't say, something you feel, you replay the scenario, you struggle to move on from any situation, that can also be a sign that you're overthinking. So spotting these signs might just be the first step to breaking the overthinking spell <laughs> that you get under and finding your way back to a more peaceful, balanced mindset. So these were analysis, perfectionism, worry, Troublemaking decision, signs of stress in your body, second guessing yourself, asking for validation, catastrophizing, and trouble letting go. So you can make yourself a little checklist, check, 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 wondering if you're experiencing those in the moment where you're like, am I in overthinking or am I just thinking averagely? <laughs> normally. I don't want to say normally, you know what I mean? Even though there are challenges that come with overthinking. We've already talked about the toll it can take on your health, on your stress, on your hormones, on your body, on your mind. Overthinking and hypervigilance, when we look at these things, there's also a silver lining. So not only does it help you feel safe, okay, in a very short moment, 
But all that overthinking jazz, it actually helps you hone your problem-solving skills like nobody's business. You dive into deep analysis of situation, which means your solutions are going to be thoughtfully crafted. And because you need certainty, you're that person who doesn't leave things up to guesswork. You're always clear on your intention. You weigh every aspect of your decisions and you know all the reasons why you should or you shouldn't do something. So sometimes that could be super helpful. And that's not all. Your analytical skills are top-notch, meaning you can dissect a problem for every angle. You can make a decision like a pro if you're able to like put it on paper and see it as a big picture. And hey, the creativity and innovation that can sprout from your overthinking, it's like a garden of ideas always blooming. Plus, that overthinking habit, it's like your ticket to preparedness. You consider a million scenarios, you prepare for whatever might come your way, and here's the kicker, All those details, the things you pick up that other people miss, all that attention to detail could be pure gold, whether it's at work or in your relationship or just about anywhere, that could be super helpful. Overthinkers are also empaths, right? They're like really able not just to think, but to feel deeply, to understand other people's emotion and viewpoints from a whole different level. That over time really helps you develop your intuition too. You digest and you grasp the meaning behind what is being said. You pick up on the subtleties, the things that people are not actually saying, right? You can kind of read between the lines. And these people might feel really seen around you and understood. That level of attention and care that is born from your tendency to overthink then can lead you to deep, meaningful connection and appreciation to details in your relationship, which makes you care deeply. You listen, not just to reply, but to truly understand. And it's like your overthinking becomes over-caring, over-understanding, and over-loving, if over didn't mean like too much. (laughs) Then there's your communication game. It's on point. You think before you speak, you make your word counts. So while overthinking might feel like a hassle, on the other side, it could be kind of like a treasure trove of skills and abilities that make you a powerhouse of thoughtfulness, creativity, and understanding. So it has taught you a toolbox of valuable skill, problem solving, preparedness, attention to detail, empathy, analytical thinking, creativity, communication, all gifts that comes with the overthinking package. And I think it's important for us to remember that there's good things that come from it because then we can cultivate acceptance. And it's only from that place of acceptance and self-compassion that we can actually move forward and make changes that are going to last in the long run. All that being said, yes, there's good things. But let's not forget that even with these good aspects in your life, overthinking can become kind of a curse. And in the long run, it might cost you more than it brings you. If you can learn to use it, for the good aspects of it, without getting caught into the chronic state of lack of safety, you're probably better off. So constantly seeking the subtleties, navigating ambiguities due to past experience often leaves you lingering in that moment of uncertainty, right? The hypervigilance 
once it's a coping mechanism, can, and we've talked about this, keep you in your fight or flight state. Now, what I wanted to add is that in relationships, the slight shift in your partner's tone, body language, or energy becomes a cue. It triggers a subconscious overthinking response. It can lead to overanalysis and to anxiety. Trying to make sense of this anxiety then leads you to dig into past memories and kind of bringing you to try to grasp patterns to secure certainty in the future. Unfortunately, this pursuit often results in miscommunication and mishaps in your action, which causes disruption in your relationships. So often another aspect is that not only are you creating miscommunication in your relationship, but you're prioritizing others when you feel desperately a need to actually focus on yourself. But while you're an active listener and you understand and you're digesting what they're saying, your mind fixates on the worst case scenario, emphasizing the negatives. So nights or moments of tranquility can also be really challenging. You might have struggle falling asleep or just dealing with insomnia. Your mind is racing and it's hindering your peace and your clarity. Decision-making can also become an uphill battle. We've talked about in the positive aspect that you could be really good at decision-making because you weigh the good and the bad, meaning you'll make the right decision, but also you can get stuck into like this inability to make a decision at all. It leaves you in a state of indecision. This constant overthinking takes a toll on your happiness. It diminishes your joy from moments that should be celebrated. And it's making it difficult for you to fully embrace and appreciate the present and the situation you're experiencing with the people around you. So, Now that we're clear on what is overthinking, where it comes from, how it operates, and the consequences it has on your mind, body, and relationship, and life in general, let's look at how we can, quote-unquote, resolve it. How can we stop indulging in overthinking as a safety mechanism? First, as mentioned earlier, starting from a point of acceptance and compassion is always more useful than bullying yourself into change out of shame. From there, you can start with mindfulness and awareness practices, right? Because starting by recognizing when you're overthinking is an important step. And then these mindfulness techniques can include deep breathing or breath awareness, some meditation practices, practices that helps you feel grounded and present and able to observe your thoughts without getting caught in them. So for more tools on mindfulness, check episode 165, Five Ways to Slow Down and Be More Mindful, because this is kind of the foundational work that you have to do. From this mental space, we can start to interrupt the automatic pattern of overthinking with intentional distractions. So it's about getting out of your mind and into your body and kind of distracting your mind with the physical sensation, with movement, with breath, with orientation to the body, whatever you need to interrupt to stop the loop, to bring another shiny object in your field of vision. Then when you're calm and connected, it's time to get clear on your past triggers. And that includes 
the things, the story that make you feel uncertain or unsafe today that are rooted in your past. As you cultivate safety from within, you can then challenge the negative thought. You can evaluate your thoughts and question their validity, asking yourself if your thoughts are based in facts or assumptions is one example on how to do that. Challenging these negative thought patterns can help reduce their impact because you're going to start thinking like, oh, maybe this isn't true, actually. You can check episode 151, The Key to Feeling Safe, if you need some practical tools to create safety from within so you can dive into your thought patterns. Building safety will also allow you with the next step. So if you're feeling unsafe, take the time to do that. From there, we practice getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. And I know, I just heard you roll your eyes back at me. But I promise that embracing uncertainty in your life, accepting that not everything can be controlled or predicted, and practicing tolerance for ambiguity and uncertainty by learning to be comfortable with situations that are beyond your control is really going to help. Sometimes, you know, you're completely right about the cues you're picking up. So you will have to sit with the discomfort for a moment. You'll have to learn and observe what is actually happening instead of trying to place the present moment onto a memory of something that has happened in the past and bring yourself back to the current situation. And just that, staying in the present moment with the discomfort of the cues you are picking up, yes, will be very uncomfortable. But from there, as you challenge the thoughts, you're like, is this actually happening right now? Is this what the person is actually saying? Am I right to feel unsafe here? Not am I right, but is this situation factually unsafe, right? So yes, it's very uncomfortable to sit with the discomfort, but you have to do that if you want to relearn new patterns. On top of mindfulness, of being present in the moment, of taking a breather from the intensity of your thoughts to calm down when things get overwhelming, and learning ways to rearrange and restructure your thoughts, you also have to include next self-care, emotional regulation, and nervous system regulation. These three things will come together in your next step. Things as simple as regular exercise, good sleep, and good diet are going to help you connect to joy a little bit more easily. They are little tokens of self-love, right? They will help you give your mind a break from the constant chatter. For more on self-care, you can check episode 183, Why is Self-Care So Important, Especially for HSPs? You have a lot of tools and ideas in there to include more self-care in your daily life. Next is emotional regulation. That's super important because remember the tango between your frontal cortex and your amygdala. So if you decrease your emotional sensitivity or your emotional reactivity, you learn to recognize that 
you're feeling something, you can name it, you can understand what happens, and you don't go automatically sending the alarm every time something uncomfortable comes up. So you are learning to navigate the roller coaster of your emotions without getting stuck and making it worse. For more on emotions, you can check episode 142, your nervous system and your emotions, or episode 193, feeling your feelings. Next is your nervous system regulation. Well, that's like getting the whole gang to calm down. All the techniques we've talked about in episode 128, tools to regulate your nervous system, are like little peace treaties for your hyper active nervous system. So this will help you take a break from stress, which is essential if you want to get out of overthinking, remembering that stress feeds overthinking and overthinking feeds stress. Anything from yoga, meditation, breath practicing are a good place to start, but then don't forget all the somatic tools we talked about, like shaking, dancing, singing, humming, pushing, hitting, and so on. Finally, get support. You can share with a partner what is happening in your mind and reassure them that it's not about them, that you are creating these thought patterns in your head, but you need their support, right? One thing might be like, babe, I need reassurance. When I start to worry, there's a reason it's because I'm feeling unsafe I just need to be reassured that we're okay, that you're okay, and then I can let go of the story, right? However this conversation needs to look for you, just helping them understand your situation so they can help you support yourself. You can also get some extra support from therapy, coaches, and other overthinkers in your life. You want to start a little group of overthinker anonymous. Now, here's a summary of what you can do to work on stopping this overthinking pattern that you experience. We've talked about practicing acceptance and self-compassion, mindfulness and awareness practices, self-study, right? Learning how it affects you, what triggers it, where it comes from, building safety, challenging your thinking patterns, interrupting the automatic patterns with intentional distractions, meaning little caveat here, I didn't talk about this before, but when I say intentional distraction, I'm meaning not the things you do to avoid scrolling your phone, binging TV, binging food. Those are not intentional distraction. Those are avoidant distraction. So you use all these things to get out of your mind and your body so you can kind of take simpler actions, right? Remembering that it's okay to take messy actions, embracing your fears and the possibility that you won't be perfect and that you might fall down and you might fail and that's okay. As you challenge the negative thoughts, you also get comfortable or you work on getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. Then we add all your favorite self-care practices emotional regulation and nervous system regulation to take yourself out of the chronic stress so you go less often in overthinking. And when you do, you're not already at like 80 out of 100 and then it pushes you over the top. You're at a 50 or you're at a 40 or you're at a 10 out of 100. So it doesn't affect you as much. 
And then the last thing we talked about was getting support from your loved ones or from your favorite coach. Those are all things that we do in the Sensitivity Reset, the three months coaching group to release overwhelm and anxiety for a happier life. And we also work on all those things within Recharge, Reset, and Reconnect, the retreat, which is a in-person immersion. You'll find more info about those two things at ericabelanger.com slash coaching and slash retreat. All right, that is it for today, my friends. Good job making it all the way here. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already done so, leave your review for this episode of the podcast in general on iTunes to celebrate with us our 200 episodes and enter our amazing giveaway. You can also share the podcast on social media and enter that way. But don't forget to send me your screenshot for your reviews to get your 10-time entry. And remember that you can win $1,000 off the next retreat a 50% off scholarship on our next coaching group or free coaching with me. Really awesome, awesome gifts. You'll find the show notes for today's episode at ericabelanger.com slash 201. And before you go, I just want to say a last thank you to the growing team behind this podcast and their support in making this possible. And this includes all our premium members. Thank you guys for being here. Once again, thank you for listening. I'll see you next Monday. <laughs>